0: Welcome to Anything But A One, Adventures in Miniature Wargaming. Here are your hosts, Tom Castaños, Richard Martinez, and Ray Winstead. Take it away, guys.
1: Welcome back to Anything But A One, Adventures in Historical Miniature Wargaming. Um, I'm on my own tonight. This is Tom Castaños. Uh, Ray and Richard have the day off but i do have a special guest i'm going to get to in just a moment uh want to bring up as always we'd love you to like and share the podcast with your friends um it's the web podcast grows if you follow us on apple itunes definitely drop us a five-star rating and a nice comment um and again just let people know we're out there uh also we just started for the new year a completely um Voluntary Patreon. There's nothing magical about our Patreon. There's no special bonus present under the tree. If you follow us on Patreon, we ask our our, uh, listeners uh, how they'd like to support us. And one thing that came up uh, a number of times is they'd like an opportunity to have a recurring way. To support so if you're interested in that and obviously we thank you very much if you are podcasting is not free uh you can find us at patreon.com forward slash aba for anything but uh and the number one patreon.com forward slash aba one and of course we'll have a link in the show notes and on the facebook page all right that's the business stuff let's get on to the good game stuff I had the great opportunity to be at Texas broadsides in Houston, Texas, aboard the magnificent USS Battleship Texas, one of the last times people were going to get to be on the Battleship Texas before it was going to be towed to Galveston for massive repairs that need to be done. This is a pre-World War I Battleship, but enough about that. We had a great little game convention on the battleship and I had the opportunity to meet a game designer. And, you know, if you're gonna to learn to play a game, there's no better person to learn to play the game from than the person who designed it. So my guest today is Landon and his mom, Shay. And let me qualify, normally when Sam Mustafa, Mustafa I should say, or uh, Colonel Gray comes on, their moms don't come with him, but uh, Sam Mustafa and Colonel Gray aren't 12 years old. Is that right, Landon? Are you 12?
2: Yes, that is correct.
1: All right. So, yeah, maybe if Sam was on our show and he was 12, his mom would be along with him. But, uh, yeah, so uh, so Landon has written a game called Warbound, which for the time being is kind of a World War II skirmish game. So, Landon, uh, rather than me make an idiot out of myself, uh, take a minute to explain to our listeners a little bit about Warbound.
2: So, Warbound is a modular type game, which is usually skirmishes, or if you are able to create something like a large map, it can take over the span of, like, seven to eight hours. Um, It's relatively easy to understand. There are certain health points for, like, the Germans and the Russians, and um, they've got attack, like, certain amount of units have a certain type of attack, which is actually really interesting. Um in the fact that it also goes with their movement and how you roll. Uh, it is a dice game. It only has five dice. Um uh, two. There's two blue ones and three red ones. Uh red is for movement, I believe, and attack. And then blue is for defense. Um
1: very nice. And an interesting thing about that, you know, it's really neat and compact. And by the way, I want to point out that Landon has graciously allowed us to put uh, um, a PDF copy of Warbound up on the anything but a one Facebook page for anybody that wants to take a look at it. I'm sorry to interrupt, Landon. Go ahead and keep going.
2: It's fine. It's fine. It's fine.
1: So so what made you decide to write your own war game?
2: Um, I really didn't have any war games of my own at the time, and I'd watched like, many tutorial videos or, like, tip videos about how war games work, how most people use war games. But I think my main inspiration is, was most likely stuff like Flames of War
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, like, bolt action.
1: Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Um, yeah, so you're, you, you told me that when we played, that one of your your, you know, your inspirations was seeing Flames of War played. Now, I want to point out that when I played the game with Landon at, at, uh, at Texas Broadsides, he had brought his own kind of modular game table, which was, how did you make that?
2: Um, what I started out with was I used to have this giant, like, game table, or, like, a board that I put on my table Mm -hmm. that had, like, a resin river, it had grass, it had rocks and stuff, but I wasn't able to transport it anywhere. So I had this old airsoft box laying around. And so what I did was I put a bunch of, like, sand and stuff and scenery inside of it, Mm -hmm. allowing it to be modularized without having to, like, shift around trees and boulders and stuff.
1: You know, the, the Perry brothers who make miniatures in England did something very similar. They did what was called travel battles and it was a little folding table, little folding box that had their war game terrain. So very innovative on your part. And um, the miniatures that we played with the day you and I played, um, tell me a little bit about where you got your miniatures from.
2: Um I didn't really have any miniatures of my own and my original plan kind of fell apart because I wasn't able to paint them as much as or as easily and less difficult that I would like to. I just took some army men that I have in my room and I glued them onto these cardboard bases. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I turned those into my game pieces and it worked really well.
1: It, it did, you know, so for those of you listening, you know, literally like, you know, the Bago army men, the, the green soldiers, all of these weren't necessarily green, um, that you get, you know, at Walmart at the dollar store or anything. Uh, he purposed those into his game pieces, including a couple of vehicles. We had a couple of tanks, and we also had a couple of uh, guns, to a couple of artillery pieces. So he covered all the bases with his game, and um, I, I'd be remiss for anyone that follows this podcast to not bring up Landon, um, who won the game you and I played?
2: I think I'm pretty sure that um, you got beat at your own game. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes.
1: That's, yeah, it's, it's the mean spirit of me to bring that up. But hey, he probably let me win. I mean, honestly, it's his game. So um, I was it's really impressed. A- oh, go ahead.
2: It's really all about the lineup that you use, but yes.
1: Ah, There you go. See, we're already list-built. You already have a Flames of War beat, hands down, with that. Um, The game played very nicely. It really did, and and I told you that day at Millennium, excuse me, at Texas Broadside, that it reminded me very much of um, H.G. Wells' Little Wars, typically considered the father of miniature wargaming, the author, H.G. Wells, created a set of rules called Little Wars. And it actually had a very similar feel to it to me. Perhaps maybe it was the size of miniatures, but I think uh, the individual pieces really had that H.G. Wells feel. So what kind of games, I know you said you didn't really have any war games around and you just sort of saw maybe stuff on YouTube, but what kind of games do you normally play?
2: Um, I'm used to, I don't really, I I haven't done war games before, and before that, I was usually into stuff that most kids are into, like Nerf guns, Airsoft stuff, uh, okay. Lego, of course.
1: Did you uh, do uh, any uh, computer gaming? Are you a computer gamer at all?
2: Yes, I have a console that I play video games on.
1: Okay. So you know, I think that's important when you're when you're developing games. You know that there's two sides to it. There's one, there's the originality, which yours had a a good heaping helping of originality, and there's also understanding what people have done in the past, both to borrow some of the good things and then sometimes to go, "Ew, I would kind of never do that." Um, But one thing we talked about at the on the battleship was uh, another thing that kind of led you to this. was cost, is that correct?
2: Yes, I, th- I believe so.
1: Yeah, because, you know, something that we deal with, and if I had my camera on Zoom here, you would see my charming closet of shame behind me of all of the miniatures I've purchased and painted alongside all the miniatures I've purchased and haven't painted, and this gets to be a very expensive hobby. Do you think maybe that's one of the reasons more kids your age don't play?
2: I would say so because I've seen uh, like Flames of War figure packs where it's the miniatures and you've got like a tank or two and it costs about like $91. hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. It's not cheap. It's not cheap at all. Um, so, yeah. So one of the things we've discussed many times on the show, and a matter of fact, we had uh, Barnaby Orr at, at uh, Hamilton Gamers talking about there was a big... Uh, article that came out last year saying, is historical miniature wargaming dying? And and what they meant by that is, uh, is it as popular as it once was? And then there's something referred to as the grave of the game. And uh, Landon, I don't need to be very direct to point out, in that day that we were in that room, you were certainly the youngest gamer there, and by a long shot.
2: Oh, yeah. That is
1: true so you know if the game kind of world is going to survive it's going to be thanks to guys like you that you know carry that torch forward and you know introduce this uh, at a playable level and at an affordable level that other young people could even consider trying now now the next hurdle we have to jump is the fact that not only was it a group of old guys it was a group of old guys And someday we have to figure out how to uh, be a little bit more inclusive of young women also in games like this. But but, Mom, Shay, let me ask you a couple of quick questions if I could. Um, Is this something kind of standard? Is this standard Landon? Is this something he would do like he sees a problem and goes, well, shucks, I'm going to fix it myself.
0: Yeah. Maybe not like... If it's something he wants to do, he's very, he will figure it out. He's constantly, you know, he said earlier, he's into Legos. He's constantly making stuff with his Legos, helicopters, tanks. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of stop motion. He He's very creative and thinks outside of the box a lot when it comes to, you know, stuff he's into, like the history and Legos and tanks and all of that.
1: I want to be real clear that it's obvious as a young man, he knows a good deal about his history. He's just using terminology. And when you when you download Warbound, you know, you're going to see that he's using all the right terms and all the right words that some of the big companies don't get right. And Landon did. So kudos on his research. Uh, did you see this game coming? Did you know this was something he was working on?
0: No, it was, he asked us if he could, you know, go to this convention. He never really explained what it was, and basically it was, I had no clue what it was until the day we got there, and I, he said he had made a game, but I didn't know the extent.
1: Sure, <laughs> that
0: sure. basically created his own game, made his own rules, and thought
1: it all the way out. and I really, really need to get some of the guys on here from the Houston uh, Beer and Pretzels War Games, the ones who are the, the guys who actually uh, run Texas Broadsides because it was so great. The, the, the guy that was running it told me the story that when he got the email that Landon wanted to run a game and you know, he kind of told him what he had. And it was his own design. And they were like, you know, that's fantastic. And then later, um, Landon emailed back and said, oh, is there an age requirement to run a game? Because the guys that that were running the the convention had no idea. And I think the response was, why are you asking me that question? And then it came out that that Landon was 12. Uh, So I'm pretty sure it's the first time they've ever had anybody... Landon's age, it's one thing to come and participate, but it's another thing to bring a game that you wrote. Um, so you mightily impress those guys. And uh, Shay, I know you got to be baffled, confused, and more than a little bit proud. Is that a fair statement? Yes. The,
0: the baffled by it, 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 it's, I'm very impressed that he has the capacity and knowledge to be able to do this, but it doesn't surprise me that he did something like this because okay. does do stuff like this very often.
1: That's great. That's great. Brandon, do you see expanding the game or uh, what would be the next step for you as a game designer?
2: Um, I would say uh, I was thinking about maybe making a second version or like an updated version of Warbound. Mm-hmm. with some maybe around the time of, like, the Texas Revolution or maybe even World War One, Or mm-hmm. you could do something around modern times, even.
1: Sure. Of course, the other thing, too, would be to take the existing war bound and uh, expand the theaters, you know, U.S. Marine Corps and Japanese or, you know, kind of, you know, there's a lot more to do in World War Two alone. So, you know, you could kind of concurrently uh, develop uh, additions to Warbound as it is, and then maybe work on those other time periods.
2: Yeah, of course, that's always on the table. You've got stuff that you can do in all types of theaters. Yes, of course.
1: Yep, yep, yep. I got all kind of stuff that I could use for a game like that. And that's one of the things, um, and this is, you know, maybe beyond the scope. I don't think you're in the idea of, of creating your own you know, miniatures line or anything like flames of war. But when those companies do that, they limit themselves because they typically they want to sell the miniature. So they only write rules for things that they're going to sell. But when you are not making miniatures to sell, you've got like every time period, every theater, everything's available to you to expand your game to.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of miniatures, I don't know. That's, it might be on the table, but I'm not sure.
1: Yep. no, I understand. I mean, you know, one step at a time, I guess, is a good way to look at it. But, you know, I'm here to tell you, you had a fun game. Um, like every game that gets designed, you know, you'll play it, you'll play it again, and then you'll look back and go, eh, I can do that differently, or here or there, you know, if something comes up. The 10th or 12th time you play something that just never came up the other times and you go well you know that's something we need to look at because uh, I think um, I mentioned a guy Sam Mustafa uh, wrote a fantastic set of rules for Napoleonic warfare called La Salle after a French general and uh, 12 years later he wrote La Salle too because he looked back at it he realized Ah, you know, if I was writing that today, I wouldn't do it quite the same way, you know. So I think these things are definitely kind of a living document that breathe and change with the times. And I'd be really curious to see what comes uh, out of your computer next.
2: Definitely. Uh
1: you know, you're a very creative young man. So so what do you think it's going to be? World War I or, or Texas Revolution? What, what? if you just had to guess, which one were you going to go to next?
2: Probably Texas Revolution. I've always wanted to do something like the Alamo.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, how different, do you think you're going to use a similar mechanic to what you have, or considering that it's such a different time period with, you know, muzzle loading muskets and black powder weapons do you think it requires a complete rethink um what's your opinion on that
2: i would say maybe half and half like if i do one for the texas revolution i would have to incorporate a reload system Right,
1: Um, right, because they're not going to get that rapid fire shoot every turn kind of thing like you have in the skirmish world war ii right
2: yes that is definitely correct
1: hmm Well, you know, I think you have all the tools, uh, necessary to do it and, you know, living, I know you went, I didn't, you're in the Houston area. I don't know how close you actually were to San Jacinto, but I mean, the good news is all of that information, a good deal of that information is online. And, uh, I'd highly recommend a book if you're interested by a former retired professor named Stephen Harden called the Texian Iliad. And I'll shoot that to you in an email excellent read about the Texas Revolution and it might give you a ton of ideas um, and I'm sure it does great online sources and things like that. Um, any last things you want to say about Warbound or, or anything you're working on? Um,
2: I honestly hope that anybody that uses the rule set for this, I honestly hope that it works out good for them or in any sort of way.
1: Fantastic. And, uh, you know, you'll be hearing from us, most definitely. I'll, uh, I'll send you any kind of great comments that we get about the rules. when We put them up on the Facebook page. And, you know, I, I think the thing that I, that I would love to see happen is the next time I showed up in Houston, you told me that, you know, you've got a group of four or five kids you go to school with or, or peers or whatever that are all playing Warbound and other games, you know, so let's keep the pipeline moving With young, intelligent gamers like yourself, I want to thank you for riding the wheels. I want to thank both of you for taking the time to be with us on anything but a one tonight. And uh, only all all the best success for 2022.
2: Yes, sir. You too. Thank you. Thank you so
1: much. So we've been talking with Landon and Shay. Landon is a 12-year-old game designer in the Houston, Texas area that has developed a game called Warbound which I'll be putting up a copy of Warbound on the Anything But A One web, uh, Facebook page, and there'll be a link in the show notes as well.
0: This has been Anything But A One, Adventures in Miniature Wargaming. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps or on our webpage at anythingbutaone.buzzsprout.com. Please subscribe to the show and rate us five stars. And of course, tell your friends. See you next time.